0: Hello and welcome to the Keys to Spiritual Fulfillment podcast where we'll identify and explore ways that we can become the best humans we can be. Compassionate, wise, loving, confident and courageous. I'm Reverend Dr. Arvid Strabi, your host, and I've been helping people grow spiritually for more than 40 years. I've been a congregational leader, a, a trained spiritual director and a meditation coach. I'm a lifelong student of spiritual practices and traditions. Today, let's talk about a topic that's very interesting to almost everybody, and that is how do we deal with difficult people? You know, it's a fact of life. Because we live with others, some of them are going to drive us crazy. You know, I have my share of people like that. I'll admit it. I think I should be some kind of an expert by now, but I've got a confession to make. There's one guy that just drives me crazy. He's always making stupid jokes. He wants to be the center of attention in every group. He takes on too many obligations, and he tends then to wait until the last minute when people are counting on him. He can't keep track of details, and he always needs to be reminded about stuff. And sometimes he's so stubborn. I hate, you know, I'm having real problems with this guy. And I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to tell the world who it is so you can be prepared to deal with him. It's me. It's me. I'm the person that I have the most trouble with. The first thing to keep in mind when learning how to deal with difficult people is to remember that for some people, you are their difficult person. (laughs) I guarantee you that's true. Because we are such a wonderful diversity of humans and we're not going to like everybody. We're not going to get along smoothly with everybody. Jesus presented us with a powerful teaching about this. When he talked about finding fault with others, he said, make sure that you take the plank out of your own eye before you try to take the speck of sawdust out of your brother's eye. Many years later, depth psychologists gave this a name. We call it projection now. Projection is that there are things that are true about us that we're just not equipped to face we we may have been kept from owning those things about ourselves at a very early age or, and they just don't fit with the self-image of that we have of ourselves now everybody's different but sometimes this part of ourselves that th- this part that's rejected is anger in women And often it's also, it's fear and sadness in men. But like I said, depending on your unique history and makeup, it could be anything. This stuff that we've repressed, that we don't want to look at about ourselves, Carl Jung talked about the shadow side. And the thing about the shadow side that's so difficult is that if we see these things that we're not acknowledging in ourselves and another person then we hate it. We despise it. So if you see these s- s- things in another person and you just can't stand it, you're pretty sh- you can be pretty sure that it's pointing back at you. In 12-step groups, there's a slogan that goes like this. If you spot it, you've got it. If you dis- disapprove or dislike of something about another person, It really is a good idea to look at yourself, to look at yourself with curiosity more than judgment, with compassion more than self-criticism. See this part of yourself that you've denied. This is how you do it. You see it in another and you dislike it there. It takes a lot of energy. You have to suppress parts of ourselves, and that reclaimed energy makes us more whole, more human, less likely to harm ourselves and others. And then remember, all of us are difficult people sometimes. So the first thing to remember when dealing with difficult people in your life is try to treat them with respect. You don't have to like them, you can even dislike them. But make it a policy. To treat everyone, including those difficult people, with respect. Treat them as you would want to be treated. I know, yeah, even them. Now, this is a difficult spiritual practice, but it is so rewarding. And it's so available, (laughs) you know, because it's something that all of us need to deal with. And doing that strengthens our emotional and intelligence and maturity. And remember, you're going to screw this up. Have your falling short be a way to learn. Fail forward. You can learn from what doesn't work. You know, I confessed already that I'm not an expert, but there are some things that I found that can be very helpful. And as a podcast host, I'm saying something kind of critical about some of my podcast host colleagues. It helps if you don't psychoanalyze the person, to calling them a narcissist or a some other kind of personality disorder or something, stick with observed behavior because you're not qualified to diagnose them. And we're going to have to deal with difficult people. One thing that's really helpful is if you have to deal face-to-face with a difficult person, and have a difficult conversation. It's important to use I language instead of you language. You language is you did this because you're a bad person or you are this and you are that. I language sound like when you spoke to me this way. It felt like sarcasm to me and that hurt me. That's eye language. You take responsibility for your own reaction and the other give the other person a chance to engage with your reality. Now, they could not take your reality. <laughs> That's another story. But most people will. It's much easier for them to hear it If you use I language, it's important um, for some relationships that we have that we clear up conflict and misunderstanding as soon as we can. So if possible, it would be good to pick a time to do it. I need to talk to you about the incident around our deadlines for the project we have together. When would be a good time? Can we talk about that now or is another time better? Would be an example. So you can tell the person what made you upset or what made you angry and why using eye language. But here's an important point. Not when you are in the middle of that anger. Because the energy of anger can really make people defensive. I like the way the social psychologist, a very popular social psychologist, Brene Brown recommends that we do it. She says, the story I'm telling yourself, telling myself about not meeting the deadline for the project we have together is that you don't care enough about it, but that's the story I'm telling yourself. What's your reality? See how that opens up? The possibility, it's taking, again, responsibility for your own reaction, knowing that there's your perception, their perception, and reality is probably something in between. Now, I want to make this really clear. You don't have to put up with abuse from other people. You don't have to put up with abuse from other people. To respect someone you don't have to take their disrespectful behavior and there's ways to work with that sometimes it works you know if people use less harsh forms of abusive behavior like a raised voice a name calling sarcasm try this change your posture Change your posture. Get closer to them. Get further away from them. And then, again using eye language, ask them to clarify their intent. An example would be, that comment seemed pretty sarcastic to me. What are you wanting to communicate? And then, Stay away, if you can, from people who are abusive or disrespectful. But we can't, always. In a large temple near the town of Sokotai in Thailand, there there stood an enormous clay statue of the Buddha. You know, it wasn't the most beautiful, but the villagers had a great affection for this clay statue because it had stood for over 200 years. It had survived storms. It had survived changes in government. It had survived invasions and wars. And after a while, cracks started to appear in the clay. And then one season when the weather was particularly hot and dry, a huge crack opened up. And a curious monk took a flashlight and he shone it through the crack and a brilliant flash of gold came back at him. Nowadays, you can travel to Sokotai and see one of the largest gold statues of the Buddha in the world. Beneath the mud and clay is gold. And we're like that. We have an inner brilliance and goodness. And that's our birthright. You can call it the Buddha nature. We can call it our likeness to God. You know, we can call it, cover it up with the mud of defensiveness and denial for our perceived perfection. It's important to remember that when we're dealing with difficult people, we're looking at the mud. Maybe you can see a crack. Maybe you can see goodness there. And if you treat them with kindness and respect and compassion, tall order sometimes, you can even bring it out. Don't just project on the bad things about ourselves on other people. The good things, too. If you really admire somebody, you have that gift yourself. The spiritual teacher Marianne Williamson put it like this. Our deepest fear is not that, that, that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We're all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us. It is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated from our own fear our presence automatically liberates others that's the best way to deal with people in our lives from our own best selves so that we can help liberate the best in others this has been the Keys to Spiritual Fulfillment podcast with the Reverend Dr. Harvard Strauby If you enjoy this podcast or any of these episodes, feel free to share it with a friend or give us a rating so that this podcast can be interesting and beneficial to other people, to more people. In the meantime, let me respectfully remind you that life and death are of ultimate concern. Time passes swiftly by and opportunity is lost. Wake up. Wake up. Do not wander your precious life. Till next time.